This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Giants fans. Welcome to the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap Giants podcast from NJ Advanced Media, NJ.com, the Star Ledger. Daryl Slater here uh, with Bob Brookover. Uh, We're doing this here on Monday after the Giants' uh, really putrid loss in so many ways to the Lions uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, Not only did they lose and perform poorly, worst performance of the season, dropped to 7-3, and had a lot of significant injuries coming out of that game, and they you know, yesterday just could not have gone more poorly for the Giants, uh, who saw the Cowboys win in Minnesota, and now a short week here uh, as the Giants get ready to go to Dallas and play on Thanksgiving. Giants and Dallas both seven and three. Dallas now the five seed. The Giants the six seed. The 49ers at five and four. Uh, they play tonight. Or the seven seed. Washington um, is is starting to play better. Six and five at the eight seed. So the Giants' wiggle room is pretty much disappeared now they have a 51 percent chance of making the playoffs i mean forget about the nfc east it's a two percent chance and those percentages by uh 538 um and so that's where the giants stand right now um just an ugly day all around bob for this this giants team which has now dropped two of its past three games yeah and i think you know, even bigger than the loss on Sunday, yes, you lose a game, but lo- losing the players they lost, losing both your starting cornerbacks, um, and having the offensive line be in such disarray. I mean, you know, it, we'd seen, or you had, but I'd seen it from afar. You had seen it up close. What the bad Giants look like? What happens when Daniel Jones throws two interceptions and Saquon Barkley can't move? Um, but we hadn't seen it this year, and it was it was nice to watch what they were doing. But now you wonder um, if they can get that mojo back. Uh, you know, especially this week, you get you get really zero days almost to prepare for the Dallas Cowboys, who who finally found their mojo in Minnesota of all places against an eight and one Vikings team. You know, they played by far their best game of the season. It, 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 everything just seemed to come together in the perfect storm, bad way for the Giants this weekend. Yeah, and you mentioned the the injuries, so we'll just go over them here real quick. Six significant injuries for the Giants coming out of that game. Six injuries, period, and they were all significant. Wandale Robinson, the Giants' best remaining receiver, tears his ACL. His season is over. Obviously, you know he had missed some action early on. Um, with his knee injury initially that he had suffered in, in week one. Um, and so his rookie year over the second round pick, having played just uh, to look it up here, how many games did he wind up playing? He only played six games. 
He did. And, but you know, I, I, it's, I just think it's a devastating injury for this team. They had already lost a lot of rookies and, you know, in spurts, he had shown and, and, and big spurts yesterday, he was their best player on the field yesterday. He'd shown a dynamic side to him. Uh, and, you know, as a rookie, you just want to get to see that if you're the, if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable, you just want to see as much of that as you can. And now they're not going to get to see any more of it until next year. And and he was going to be able to help this team. We'll, we'll get back to the, you know, the rundown of where things stand receiver wise and all line wise, but just the rest of the injuries, uh, Dory Jackson, the Giants number one cornerback reportedly has a sprained MCL suffered that as everyone saw on a punt return, which is why it was a foolish idea to have him return punts. Um, Tyree Phillips, a neck injury. He's, he's the guy who has been, you know, in case people casually pay attention, has been playing right tackle in place of Evan Neal, who has a knee injury. Matt Parrott came in and replaced Tyree Phillips. So we don't even know if Phillips or Evan Neal will be ready for Thursday in Dallas. John Feliciano, the Giants center, very valuable player, though not a tremendous performer, but important player. A neck injury for him also. We'll see about him for Thursday. Fabian Moreau, the Giants' other cornerback, again, who had only been in that role because of an Aaron Robinson's likely season-ending knee injury. And then Cordell Flott didn't perform well, the rookie, and hurt his calf. And so Fabian Moreau had a ribs injury, and he's – he's uh We'll see for Thursday, but he didn't return. None of these guys returned to the game. Um, and Jason Pinnock, the number now the number three safety with his Xavier McKinney out, Dane Belton getting bumped up to the starting role. Pinnock, a jaw injury, wound up going to the hospital after the game. So a lot to track there uh, in terms of the impact. And additionally on the offensive line in terms of all that turmoil at right tackle, as I mentioned, um, and at center, as I mentioned, uh, the left guard situation is – kind of in flux too because uh they don't have Ben Bredesen and they won't have Ben Bredesen uh again this week because he has to stay on IR uh for I think one more game and so they start Shane Lemieux over Josh Azudu and then they bench Shane Lemieux they put Josh Azudu back in so really three spots on the offensive liner in flux left guard center and right tackle for one reason or another, mostly due to injuries in those situations. And so, uh, and, and rust, obviously on Shane Lemieux's part there. And so the receiver room, just circling back to what you said, I mean, this is the giants receiver situation right now, uh, you know, without Odell Beckham, we'll get to that, but they have Kenny Galladay, obviously Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, who's clearly more of a returner, Marcus Johnson, who, uh, you know, we've seen how reliable his hands are. David Sills, who was a healthy scratch yesterday, and Darius Slayton, who has continued to play well. But um, Wandale Robinson's injury, just another blow to a receiver room that no longer has Kadarius Toney. It really doesn't have Kenny Galladay, who's, you know, been a non-factor. And then, of course, Sterling Shepard out for the year with a torn ACL. So, ah, a lot to wrap your head around there. A lot. And I, I just wanted to go back a second to Dory Jackson returning punts. Um, watch, watching back on the broadcasts a little bit while looking some some stuff up, including the, the play he got injured on. Um, Kevin Burkhart made a an interesting comment right after that about how Brian Dable didn't ne- necessarily uh, want to have one of his starters returning punts, but given the Richie James situation of losing three fumbles to in Seattle and another one earlier in the season, uh, felt the need to do it. Uh, but, you know, Brian Dable after the game was, you know, oh, injuries happened. But that was an indication to me because these guys obviously meet with the, the head coaches before they do these broadcasts. 
that Brian Dable had mentioned, at least mentioned to them, yeah, I don't really want to do this, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point from the broadcast. Um, yeah. And so now they're dealing with fallout, like as, as we mentioned on the offensive line and well, well, let's just start with the secondary because we're talking about Dory Jackson right now. Like, what the heck are they going to do there? Presuming Dory Jackson is going to be out maybe a month with a sprained MCL. Presuming, let's just say, Fabian Moreau can't play. Um, then what do they do? They put, they, they put Cordell Flott in there um, and then benched him, right? And they, they wound up with it nipples. It was weird that they benched him, though, because he, he forced a fumble and then they took him out for a while. Uh, and then he had to come back. Uh, it, yeah, it's not good though. It's just not good. Um, you know, Nick McLeod's gonna, you know, if those two guys can't play, it's probably gonna be Nick Nick McLeod and, and Cordell Flott and Radarius Williams, you know, getting the bulk of the time. Who will yeah. they call? You know, who will they call from the practice squad? Um I I, I guess Zion Gilbert, he's the only other one. <laughs> uh the only other cornerback, yeah. I don't know. I don't, you know, and they can't really have Darnay Holmes play outside. And so um, yeah. there's there's no good solutions here. And, every, of course, Rodarius Williams just came back from IR. He had torn, torn his ACL last year during his rookie year. And so um, a, a big-time unknown factor there. And just so many now unknowns in this giant secondary. Um, of course, Xavier McKinney's still out. And um, he needs to miss at least two more games. Dane Belton starting for McKinney. And it's really just Julian Love now back there. <laughs> Uh, in in the Giants in the Giants secondary, um, sort of the last man uh, the last man standing, and so Jerry Jones might send a limo bus to the airport on Wednesday to get to pick up the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come on, boys. Yeah, I think I think the Cowboys have to be certainly eager to to play in Dak Prescott, seeing the secondary, um, and but even more so. I mean, just think about uh, you know we touched on the receiver. Uh, situation and, and the Giants were so inept offensively. Um, how are they going to block in this game against this Cowboys front? Um, they didn't do a very good job the first time. So um, yeah, you know one of the things we might see, and and I'm not sure they don't want to see it anyway, is Nick Gates playing center. Um, you know, I, I, I somebody had put a clip. I don't know who it was online um, on Twitter of Nick. Nick Gates on one blocking play and he was completely destroying the guy he was blocking on the play. So that might be something with the giants want to see anyway, you know? Yeah. And of course, Nick Gates was the giant center last year before, um, before he had that horrific leg injury. So he's right. been their starting center. Um, right. You know, I think that in terms of his youth, he probably has, if he can re- return and play, you know, he's returned, but if he can continue to stay healthy and, and pre- perform well from after this horrible leg injury, and he's got a longer term future as their center potentially than John Feliciano who's just a one-year guy for this team. And so um, they're probably looking at say, say Neil and Tyree Phillips can't go at right tackle. That's Matt Parrott there. A right guard obviously would be Mark Lewinsky. Then Nick Gates or Feliciano at center then left guard, you know, not a lot of good choices there uh, because Bredesen has to miss one more game. You have Lemieux or Zudu. And then, of course, Andrew Thomas has been great at left tackle. But uh, just so many question marks. And in terms of another guy who could probably perhaps help in blocking, Daniel Bellinger, who has not, remember, not on IR with his eye injury. Right. Which required surgery. It, it sounds I, like. I, I just don't know if they'll do it on yeah. this week. I, I, I doubt that they will. 
And the other guy, Aziz Ojolari, can come back uh, in terms of you know a defensive guy. Um, and again, but he like he didn't really practice last week, so yeah. um, I you know I talked to Aziz last week, and he seemed to think he was ready to come back. But that, as we know, that doesn't always. They always they always think they're ready to come back. They could have legs falling off, and they yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so. Exactly. And as I mentioned, Xavier McKinney has to miss two two more games with, while on the uh, NFI list. So um, just injury issues across the board for the Giants at receiver. Um, you know, we talked about just now the implications for the line and, and the secondary. What about, um, well, just we're kind of scattering all around here, but just what about the receiver implications and what this could mean for uh, Odell Beckham perhaps joining this team? You know, uh, our colleague Steve Politi wrote today that he's just it's not a good idea for either the team or the, the receiver. Um, uh, I, I think it would be a much better idea for, for the team at this point because of how depleted they are at the position. Um, but, you know, I I just don't think it's going to happen I, because I think Odell is, you know, he, he did it last year. I want to pick the team that's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I can't imagine that he, you know, if the two teams he narrowed it down to yesterday were the Cowboys – and the Giants, uh, that he looked at that and said, "Oh, yeah, can't wait for my reunion in my old, my old haunt, uh, my old home." Uh, and you know, and then he looked at the Cowboys later in the afternoon and said, mm, "That star might look pretty good on my helmet." You know, there, I mean, there's a lot of factors beyond that because somebody's got to figure out the the money he wants, which by reports has been ridiculous. Um, so there's a lot to figure out there. But uh, I just don't see it happening with the Giants. Yeah, I, I think it depends on what he wants. Um, does he want to return to familiarity and, and play with his – well, not even really play because Sterling Shepard's probably never playing for the Giants again. And But he's buddies with Saquon Barkley. And, um, you know, does he want to go back and see and be around familiar faces? Um and then perhaps sacrifice a ring. Uh, I think, you know, all things being equal, just consider the money. Let's just think if the money is going to be equal, um, then, then who does it come down to? Obviously the Cowboys give him a better chance of winning this year. Um, it'll be fascinating to see, obviously, you know, because as we established and everyone knows, these two teams are playing on Thanksgiving. Um, and so the, you know, it's being framed as the Odell bowl and all that. And let's, let's, let's be real here for a second. Like this guy at this stage of his career is, is and now, is more of a name than a, than a producer. Like, that's... Is, you know, and they're not the same type, type of players, but it reminds me a little of Deshaun Jackson, who's still, uh, you know, still this year tried to come back and Deshaun's obviously older, but since he's been in his thirties, uh, Deshaun has been trying to, you know, come back and be the player he once was and he keeps getting hurt. Uh, you know, his re his reunion with the Eagles was a disaster. Uh, his, his, Reunion with John Harbaugh, who was one of his coaches earlier in his career this year, ended after one game. So, you know, yeah, uh, Odell's still a little bit younger. And, uh, you know, based on what he did last season with the Rams, he had obviously had a lot left in the tank last year. But now you add another ACL injury to that. Uh, your point is well taken. What, you know, what does he have left, even if the Giants can bring him in? And that's probably, you know, that's a largely one of the points that Steve brought up. And, um, you know, you're talking about a guy who played seven games in 2020 and tore his ACL. 
um, that season, midway through that year. Tears his ACL again in, in, in February 2022, same ACL. Um, and yeah, he did have five touchdowns in eight games last year uh, with the Rams um, and and wound up playing 14 total games last year, won a Super Bowl, did some good things. But, you know, if you look at his numbers, I mean, he, he had 537 receiving yards last year, 319 in 2020. Um, so he's not a 1,000-yard receiver type. I mean, anymore and 30 years old he's not ancient he just turned 30 earlier this month so you'd think there's still some athleticism there if he can if he can stay healthy and the knee can cooperate it's you know that same left knee and so um and and if you look at it relatively speaking i mean the giants you know they like you said they, they would love to probably have him if they can make the money work because uh yes even though they're probably not going to push for a Super Bowl this year. They need some solutions in this receiver room, like this year and beyond this year, because um, Yeah, they do. And then, like, you know, that's that's the thing. If it was a matter of, oh no, we'd rather look at this kids, but who are who are the kids they want to look at, you know? Yeah, they're they're hurt. Wandale Robbins is hurt. I mean, yeah, uh, right. And the, the the rest of the list is not, you know, I, I think they they know what they think about Richie James right now. They um they'll go down the list and there's nobody else on that list where you say you know oh we want to see what this guy can do uh they, they, they know what they're going to do with Kenny Galladay you know of all the guys that catches the catch the ball the one they want to see the most is Daniel Bellinger no doubt and and you you know you think about the the the, the state of this receiver room and how it reflects for next season, and you mentioned yeah, Galladay's gone, and you go down the list. Isaiah Hodgins, you know, he is kind of what he is, one-year guy. Richie James, ditto there. Marcus Johnson, same. Wandale Robinson's hurt. He'll be back next year, obviously. He'll be part of this team, unlike Galladay. David Sills, you know, you know what he is. Darius Slayton's in a contract year. He may or may not be back. He's played well. Um, they, you know, they made it clear what they what they think of him by having him take a pay cut. Um, Colin Johnson's an interesting enough guy, but I don't know. I mean, he's he hasn't played this year, obviously. Um, so we'll see about him uh, and his future with the Giants. And Sterling Shepard, like I said, he's, he's, he's almost certainly never playing for the Giants again uh, after his latest injury. And then, then you have a bunch of practice squad guys um, who you know sort of are what they are. And they're going to have to rebuild. Joe Shane's going to have to rebuild this position next year. There's no doubt about it. And so that has to, you know, he's, if, if they're signing anyone who's signing Odell Beckham based on what he wants contract wise, you know, it's not going to be a one year rental. Right. So um, does Joe Shane look at this and say, this guy uh, can help us in the future? Um, because that's what that's what it should be about. You know, they, if they're going to give him the money he wants or close to it, you know, they got to think, OK, at, in his year, in his age 31 season next year, is he going to be able to be? a helpful piece for this team. Um, and that's sort of what they have to factor in because there are going to be opportunities in this receiver room, clearly for the giants next year for newcomers. Yeah. I, and to me, I just, I couldn't do it without seeing it, you know, without, and you're not going to see it unless you sign them. Um, you know, it's not like you, it's not like a college day, uh, you know, a pro day for college kids where you get to see them work out or you get to watch them, play a season in college, you're going to kind of be doing it blindly. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't, I haven't really looked too closely at the free agents, free agent market coming out uh, for receivers. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I would have a hard time doing it if I was them. No doubt. And I think that, that, um, 
that sort of sums up you know the Odell stuff and the receiver stuff. And then look, I, the receiver situation is not their only problem offensively. I know there's a, obviously going to be a lot of focus on Odell Beckham and this week, and he's going to visit the Giants and the Cowboys after Thanksgiving. And it sounds like he'll have a potentially a new team by by the middle of next week, perhaps. Um, but the other the issues run deep at, for this Giants offense, and based on what we saw Sunday, I mean Daniel Jones two interceptions. Um, Isaiah Hodgins lost a fumble season high three turnovers or giveaways for the giants. Uh, they had eight all year coming in, which is the third fewest in the NFL. They had done a great job of not giving the ball away, no more than two in any one game. Um, and now not only did they give the ball away, um, they started slowly again. They had what six points until about 13 minutes left in the, were left in the entire game. They got to go to Dallas this week with a beat up offense and specifically offensive line and play the number 12 offense or defense rather in the league, according to PFF. And then in terms of the pass rush, the Cowboys are first. So, I mean, that, that, that could be a recipe for absolute disaster for these giants and uh, 26 and run defense for the Cowboys. So maybe a little bit of glimmer of hope there for Saquon Barkley coming off uh, really one of the worst games of his career. Uh, he's been remarkable this year, but um just 15 carries for 22 yards and along a four against against a Lions team that had not defended the run particularly well. Um, Lions now 24th in PFF's run defense. So um, how significant do you see this hurdle being for not only this Giants offense, for, but for Saquon Barkley, who is now going to have to shoulder even more of the load? How significant is the hurdle for the, this group and him to get back on track? Well, you know, and I, uh, very significant, and I don't think it's, you know, it, it's some, you know, I, I don't know how much of it was at Saquon yesterday. I think probably more of it was um, the offensive line. And yeah. uh, Andrew Thomas said two interesting things after the game yesterday. One was we didn't do a very good job of getting to the second level uh, to open, which opens up lanes for Saquon. And we didn't do, uh, he said, and it's very difficult when an offensive line doesn't have continuity. Uh, so those two things happening, um, it's it's trouble. You know, and the, he he averaged what one point eight yards per carry yesterday. I think in game in his career when he averages under three, the Giants are one twelve. So. Yeah, that's a great stat. Wow. And he averaged one five yesterday. So they, they almost never win when he goes under three. Yeah. Yeah. One and 12. And then the, and when Jones throws two interceptions, which is I'm sure true of every team just about, but he's one and seven. And when he throws even one pick, they're five and 16 in his career. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, it just, you know, and, and there's, there's, there's some teams that, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes could throw an interception or two and win. The Giants' offense isn't there. I mean, that's the they, they're. I mean, I, the amazing stat to me is this team has gone thirty-five straight games uh, without scoring thirty points. Uh, I think the second closest is the Steelers at seventeen, and you know, twice as many as the, the next team streak of not scoring thirty points. And and Jones has been the starting quarterback for thirty of those games, so. Um, you know, it's it's a testament to how dynamic this offense is not. <laughs> I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a remarkable stat, and it's hard to imagine them eclipsing thirty uh, in Dallas this week, given the state of like everything on their on their offense from the line to the receiver group. And you know, Barkley had nine hundred and thirty one rushing yards, most in the NFL coming into the game, and 
Uh, he goes 22 on 15 carries. So if you think of how, you know, his worst games, really the only one worse than that in terms of when he had at least 10 carries was that 2019 game against the Jets. He had one yard on 13 carries, which I, I remember that. That's almost impossible to do. Um, so uh, that, that you know, the, really the second worst game of his career in terms of a game in which he had above at least 10 carries, a bunch of the carries. So, what What's that? The one on 13, you covered that game? The November 10th, 2019 game with one. I think I probably, oh, it was Jets Giants. I probably was there, yeah. I don't remember. I didn't remember it until I saw this. I just take one being that, you know, having that kind of game. He's so, he's so good. It's just hard for me to imagine that. Yeah, I mean, and that was the year he was he was really limited by a uh, high ankle sprain. He actually, you know, he, he sprained his ankle in, in that in the in the massive comeback win down at, at Tampa um, with Daniel Jones's first start, and they were, they came back from down eighteen, and and also in that game, Barkley suffered a high ankle sprain that wound up bothering him for the rest of that year. So while he had pretty good numbers in nineteen, um, that that was sort of the start of his bad injury luck, which of course only got worse in twenty twenty with the ACL and uh, serious knee injury. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously emerged from that this year and become a dynamic player. Um, but you see Sunday uh, against the lions, as you, we saw, you know, they, he needs help. He needs an offensive line that gets to that second level as, as Andrew Thomas said. And so, um, yeah, that's something that, uh, you know, they're going to have to do a much better job of this week because everybody knows they're going to lean on Saquon Barkley. Oh yes, they're gonna they're gonna have to. I mean, it's their, it it had been their formula for winning all all season. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones threw for three hundred yards for the first time this season, but it it certainly wasn't because of the game plan. It was because of desperation to try to get back into the game. So, um, you know, he, 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 Jones had the, the the two interceptions were bad, and they were they came at bad both came at bad times too. Um, you know, the first one, he obviously got fooled by Aiden Hutchinson dropping into coverage, uh, which he, 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 he was a remarkable play by Hutchinson because he he dropped quick and, and pretty fast, just backpedaling. Um, he's pretty good. Uh, I see why they took him second. Um, and um, the other one, bad timing too, because the Giants, had, and it was kind of a reflection of the day, you know, they had, I think, third and five, or third and six, and Saquon only could pick up a yard, so that left him with a fourth and five. They go for it, and Jones just they they gotten into Detroit territory before that, so you know they 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 had moved the ball, and then he just overthrew. Uh, I, I think it was um, Richie James, um, so then the ball got picked. So they were they were two bad ones, and he hadn't he really hadn't thrown a bad interception since opening day. Uh, and when he, when he tried to go to the end zone, um, cause the other one was against Dallas, the final offensive play, they were in desperate straits at that point. Uh, this was really his first bad interceptions since opening day. So, to, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back in, against the team that really pressured him last time. And he played under that pressure. He played a great game that, that day, that night against the Cowboys. Yeah, and that being, of course, one of the Giants' three losses at seven and three. You know, they lose in Seattle too. I mean, clearly the the home loss yesterday to the Lions is the the worst game and the worst loss. Obviously, the Giants have had this year. And just as we step back and look at the bigger picture here, you kind of alluded to it. The gauntlet that's ahead for this Giants team here now: the wiggle room gone, two losses in in three games. They're now seven and three. You know, still in in the hunt for the playoffs. It's not like it's it's all over. Uh, obviously, we know these injuries are going to have lasting impact beyond uh, beyond 
Sunday and probably be on Thursday in Dallas. And so uh, clearly, obviously, a huge game um, for the playoff race on, on Thursday in Dallas. The Cowboys, you know, obviously would would have the tiebreaker over the Giants if they sweep them in the season series and win, and win on Thursday. And so uh, but as, as I mean, the Giants aren't going to look ahead, but we will. And uh, after after at Dallas, the Giants play the commanders at home. They play the Eagles at home. They go to Washington, uh, they go to Minnesota on, on Christmas Eve. So really between now and Christmas Eve, we're about to find out a whole lot more about the Giants who, you know, after that it's home against the Colts on New Year's Day and then at the Eagles to finish the season. And we'll see if they keep if they keep playing like they did on a Sunday, you know, by the time the calendar turns to 2023, they're not going to be in it or, or they're going to need a whole lot of help um, because this gauntlet coming up, four straight NFC East games followed by at Vikings is – is a significant uptick in the in the in the difficulty of this schedule. I almost think that they have to win one of, after this game against the Cowboys, which I can't see them winning. They have to win one of those next two home games against either the, the Commanders or Eagles to 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 get in. Uh, if they lose both of those, you know that that would put them in a what on a four game losing streak. You know, assuming they lose to the Cowboys, um, and then they have to go to go to Washington and, and play at Minnesota. I mean, at a time when they got a four game losing streak, it could be spiraling out of control. So I really think they need to win one of those, one of their next two home games to really uh, keep things from, from spiraling out of control. For sure. I mean, just let, let's just assume, and I think we're both, and we'll get to the pick, but we're, we're both, um, going to pick against the Giants in this game. And so that puts the Giants at seven and four with uh, six games remaining. And so really, I mean, the magic number, probably 10. If you get to 10 wins, you're you're probably going to get in. That means they need to, at seven and four, close close at least three and three. Um, and so and they could probably beat the Colts at home. And like you said, I you know, maybe, you know, the commanders at home being their next quote unquote easiest game there. Uh, then, like you said, they got to steal one. They have to steal one, whether that's at Commanders or versus Eagles. They have to steal one of those games. So uh, maybe at Eagles in the finale, and then you know, like I said, we we said the, at the Vikings is a tough one. So if you're going to give them, if, if you take them at seven and four going into December, and they got to finish three and three, and you're going to quote unquote give them the win uh, versus Commanders and versus Colts, then they got to then they got to steal one. And which one are they going to steal there? You know, yeah. versus I mean, the one thing they could, the one thing they could have going for them. Uh, although I don't think they will because I, well, I didn't think the Cowboys would lose to the Packers, but it's possible the Eagles won't have anything to play for on, on that final Sunday. Um, but, and, and maybe after 2020, the Giants, Giants deserve that it would be an, be an interesting thing two years later if they went into Philadelphia with the game not meaning anything after what happened in 2020 with Washington and the Eagles. Yeah, and um, you know, as you look at this at this game as it stands right now, Giants Cowboys. I, I think the initial line for this game is is somewhere uh, around ten, maybe or something like that. Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong there, but it's called um, eight this morning, I think eight eight. Yeah, uh, yeah. and so that you know that just kind of underscores, and I and the news just came out here. Um, well, we saw it yesterday from Jordan Schultz of the Score and Ian Rapport from NFL Network just just tweeted about a Dory Jackson, which again, this, why the line is eight or seven or 10 or whatever it is, um, is the reason it's high. It's because largely because of these injuries that the giants sustained. And the biggest one, uh, 
probably, you know, I think this is bigger than the Wandale Robinson injury. Oh, it's, it's right there. Whatever. We don't need to rank them. But Adoree Jackson officially out four to six weeks with a sprained MCL. Um, that news coming just now. And so as you look at that that rehab time, you know, let's let's count it off. I mean, four weeks from yesterday would be one, two, three, four. Uh, let's see. He missed this week, two, three, four. That puts him back on December the 18th or 17th or 18th. That would be the uh, the game that still has to remember be, be flexed or not flexed to whatever day it's going to be. That's the commander's game. So Adoree Jackson is at least out the next three games. Um, and if you throw two on top of that, that could put him out through the Vikings game. Right. Horrible, horrible, horrible injury for the Giants. Yes. And, you know, the other thing that's, that's um, that all this is bringing to light is how – how awful the Xavier McKinney uh, injury is looking to, um, you know, especially Jason Pinnock, you know, showed some stuff in the third role, but now he's out and now you're down to, you know, Dean Belton and Jordan or uh, Julian Love as your healthy safeties. Um, so, I mean, that just, that injury is really coming back to haunt them too. Very much so. And the, the theme to this giant season in so many ways, even going in, and it's kind of been lost because of the wins, obviously, is thin or small margin for error. And that is on, on so many levels, right? If you look at the roster uh, for this team, they could not afford to get injured, obviously, have major injuries. And that that margin for error on the injury front has been crushed uh, throughout the year. And that's really perhaps now starting to catch up with them. Uh, and also a, a small margin for error in terms of how they play and how, how many mistakes this team can endure. Like you said, I mean, a Patrick Mahomes team can perhaps, um, endure two interceptions from their quarterback or three turnover day from their offense. That's not the case for this giants group. Um, they, they need to play very, clean turnover free ball and we've seen that that's been a recipe for for how they've been able to win this year a, a, you know a small margin for error for this team on multiple fronts and they just obliterated that margin for error on Sunday with how they played and then the injury you could call it injury luck but uh you know the Dory Jackson being back you you know you you're you're hurting your luck or your chances by putting your number one cornerback there on punt return and um that that came back to bite Brian Dable in a big way, and that that right there, that injury could be looked back on if the Giants miss the playoffs uh, as one of the big factors in it. Absolutely, um, and you know, it, here's the thing about that too. It, it just doesn't seem. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't. I don't. This is just based on um, pure observation that, without looking at any stats. Although, you know, the Jets game was decided on a punt return yesterday, but it doesn't seem to me like there's many games decided on punt returns or that many punt returns even happen anymore. Um, you know, and it, they happen so infrequently that why risk a starter? Uh, you know, uh, when I covered the Eagles, they did, the, the Eagles would do it. I mean, and the, the Giants fans know this as well as anybody, but they would do it. Uh, only when absolutely necessary would they put Deshaun Jackson back to return a punt. It's like, okay, we're desperate. Um, you know, let's put Deshaun back there and see what happens. Or when, same with Brian Westbrook, who, you know, they both had big returns at the Meadowlands to to beat the Giants. But but they would only – Andy Reid would only do it when, you know, it was desperation time and 
you know, I, I understand that Richie James had kind of lost the job by by dropping three punts uh, that led to turnovers, but you know, you got to there's got to be somebody else there that can besides Dory Jackson that can you know just handle the punts. That's all. Don't give them short fields. Um, you know, don't give the ball away. Yeah, right, right. Don't don't give the other team the ball. That's what you want your punt returner to do. You know. Seriously, I, I just, I mean, even if you put Darnay Holmes back there, who's a quasi starter as a slot cornerback, is he not capable of catching the punts? Like, what, what is the risk? It's about risk reward. When you have a small margin for error, it's basic common sense. Uh, small margin for error. You know, how do you balance risk reward factor? And and is having a guy so so, you know, maybe a Dory Jackson can field a punt and return it ten yards instead of just fair catching a punt or returning it three yards. I mean, what? Are those three or ten yards that much of a uh, or seven yard swing or however you slice it that much of a difference maker when you talk about possibly um, you know getting your uh, getting your number one corner hurt and and now I understand that the sprained MCL can happen on any play and geez and the Giants know they've happened on plenty of plays to plenty of significant players this year the torn ACL and the sprained MCL have been the uh, the two injuries of the year for injuries uh, whatever the French word is for year. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Jour, the uh, or whatever. Yeah, do whatever. Jour being day, I guess. Right. So, to brush up on my French, but the uh, um, so uh, yeah, I, I just what? Why? Why? Like, is it really? Is it really worth it? And, and and the other thing being, you're you can really get concussed on a punt return. You saw a Dory or a, a, a Richie James got concussed, and that's you're taking direct blows when you're on punt return. Uh, and the other factor is one of the other reporters actually mentioned this when we were walking down after the game yesterday. What evidence have we seen that Adoree Jackson is a difference-making punt returner? Besides, obviously, I was, I was just speaking the same exact thing. You know, he struggled well, in the NFL with the Titans, and they benched him. I mean, yes, right. he was great in college, and that so that's right. what you're banking on. Right. I mean, that's this is my point about the Sean Jackson and Brian Westbrook. The Eagles knew Brian Westbrook from Villanova. He did it all the time in Villanova. Was incredible at it, and they knew Deshaun Jackson was incredible at it. I mean, what was the evidence that Adoree Jackson was this great punt returner? Is a great point. Year six for him in the NFL, and he has not really done much of anything on punt return in the NFL, which is fine because he's turned into a pretty good corner for the Giants. Um, but, uh, yeah, you saw it in college at USC, but it's been a long time since that was the case. And, uh, and again, um, I'm not saying special teams don't matter. They do, as the Jets saw yesterday. They matter. Um, but they, they matter, I think, in terms of, of minimizing screw-ups. You know, the likelihood that you're going to, like you brought it up, just brought up, like difference-making play on punt return um, or kickoff return. Like just, it's just not as common anymore. It's, you know, it's minimizing disasters on your coverage unit and also on return. Just just, just don't screw it up. Um, and to Adoree Jackson's credit, he didn't. He was pretty fine. He was fine back there. But um, He was. He, he was. Uh, but you can find somebody else who doesn't screw it. <laughs> and it and if you think Adoree is your best best chance to win a game that you're down by you're down by two with twenty five seconds left, um, then put him back there. Then you know that's I, a good point. Yeah, so you know, do it do it then, but don't do it on every. You know the weird thing was they didn't even do it on every down last week. Um, yeah, you know, on every punt last week they they you know they obviously said well we don't want to do this all the time. <laughs> But, but you're you're going to pick the plays where okay he might not get hurt on this one let's put Richie back here on this one. They had you know? did a good point that it was three three 
Now, these weren't all returns. We're just talking about whether the guy was back there, whether he fair caught it, returned it, or let it was downed. Um, Dory Jackson was back for three punt returns against the Texans, and, and Richie James was back for two. So you see, you saw Brian Dable hedging even then. Um, but he, you know, he tempted it, and he got bit. And, uh, and yeah, so we'll see. We'll get right to the picks now, and we'll wrap this up. I'll go um, – and I just, just typed it up, and you did too. So I'll uh, – but I'll give you mine here. Cowboys 30, Giants 17. Too much working against the Giants. Uh, they're not going to be able to move the ball in this game. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Giants come back and and have a better performance uh, than they did last week than they did yesterday. But it still won't translate to a victory. Cowboys 24 to 13. Yeah, certainly 13 points offensively. It's going to be about as bad as it was. Uh, in this past game, but it sounds like, like you're saying, they're going to be able to hold up maybe a little bit more on the defensive side there. Yeah. I, I think, I think they'll just play a better game. I think, you know, uh, the one thing you, I, I, you have to say about this giants team is they are a resilient bunch that they, they believe in themselves, uh, but there's just so many things going against them right now. Um, you know, they scored 18 points yesterday, but, a lot of that was garbage time points. Um, so, I mean, that, that was my point about Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards for the first time this season, but so what? Uh, you know, if you throw for 300 yards when you're ahead and, you know, you're putting up big yards in the first half and putting, you know, points on the board in the first half, but that's not what happened. Um, and I don't see it happen against the Cowboys either. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a rough day for the offense, I, I think. And good. Uh, we'll wrap up on on that, and just do one quick uh, just point off of what you said there. I, you know, put about, put out a better product is an interesting one because uh, if this team was like five and five or four and six, and they were do they were doing what everyone expected, which was uh, going through the processes process of rebuilding here, then the whole notion of yeah, look, you know, they they play better against the Cowboys, and they and they they're showing growth and. Um, it would matter a whole lot more than it will if things go the way you, you project there because, yeah, well, they could perhaps build on a better performance against the Cowboys. This season has, like, suddenly, you know, in the eyes of the locker room for sure, and and, and even in the eyes of the fans who you heard groaning and booing yesterday, um, it's become, become about results. I mean, how the team was 7-2 and two going into that game, and, and fans were, you know, upset that they were playing basically how everyone expected them to play. The expectations have changed, um, and, and it's about – trying to get into the playoffs now. Now, if they miss the playoffs and they collapse, is it the, and given all these injuries, is it the end of the world? No, it's not. I mean, they've shown some good signs here, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't say unfortunately for them because it's a good problem to have this notion of like show growth and, and, you know, put a good performance out there is, is gone. I mean, Brian Dable to his credit has changed things where, you know, it's about winning and, and, um, you know, like we said, though, probably too much stacked against the Giants in this one. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to like, review, and rate us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the game, whether you're going to be there or uh, going to be hanging out at home and watching. And we will talk to you next week.